Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Georgia, and welcome to My Big Idea, an ASOS podcast. This week, I'm talking to Liv Siddle, the founding editor of Rough Trade magazine, a new publication from the iconic record shop, where Liv brings together bands, staff, and fans to talk about their favourite music. This is Liv's Big Idea. So I'm here with Liv Siddle, who is the founding editor of Rough Trades magazine. Hello. Hi, Liv. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> very good, thanks. Thanks for coming in. Um, so not only do you work for Rough Trade, but you make podcasts, and you write for various arts and culture, websites and publications. Yes, I do. I'm doing uh, less and less now, but I sometimes write for another magazine, um, kind of anything I can get my filthy hands on. A lot of... <laughs> A lot of independent magazines, uh, the type that you'd find in Jeremy Leslie's Mag Culture Shop. Yeah. I know a lot of the editors, so they might get me in if they, you know, they're missing a feature yeah. or they need someone interviewing last minute. So yeah, I kind of say yes to everything, and then sometimes I do a little bit of uh, soul sucking copywriting on the side just to bring the bucks in, <laughs> but that's quite rare. So yeah. And your associate editor at Repost as well? Uh, contributing editor. Contributing yeah. editor. Um, yeah, I've been working with Danielle on Repost. Uh, since it started really and writing for them amazing magazine I'm kind of doing less and less now of that um, but I'm still kind of involved and we just kind of I talk to Danielle about ideas and we go through stuff and she comes to me if she's worried about something or whatever so yeah it's a super cool team who works on Repast they're They're all like amazing women yeah um, so how did you first get into sort of the world of writing and publishing? Um, did you study? Um, were you doing internships? Was it grafting? Uh, I actually, well, I did a degree uh, at Kingston University, graphic design degree, oh, cool. which I was shit at. <laughs> um, but I was very, very enthusiastic. I'm, I'm a real enthusiast for stuff. And so I found when I was in my degree, all I would do is spend my entire time walking around looking at what everyone else was doing and talking about it. Um, and then I got offered this internship, but it's nice that because I did this project and my tutor gave me an internship there or like a week placement. And I got there and they were like, cool, so what you have to do is basically just bring stuff that you're into um, and write about why, why it's good. And I was like, okay, Sorry. that's like <laughs> my dream. So I just got to write about music videos and illustration and comics and scenes and art and oh my god it was a total dream because I can just I can just talk for ages about stuff I'm into so it was like being paid to just do what I love doing anyway so that's how I got into writing I wasn't trained as a writer okay or anything like that and for those who don't know what is it it's nice that it's nice that is a, a website and magazine that champions art and design so every day we would just put up 10 or so articles about stuff going on in the creative industries um, new artists illustrators that kind of thing and they do lots of amazing events and podcasts and loads of other stuff so it was kind of I was there for four years and ended up being one of the editors I was honoured editor for a bit and then I was features editor um, and it was just so fun Such but it was a bit job. of like a finishing school because I learned how to do podcasts I learned how to run events I learned how to do talks and like lecture in front of lots of people and make magazines and write on the internet so I just learned everything in one big lump and then 
It was great. It was so really fun. It's and the I'm best learning. school you could ever have. <laughs> yeah. um, and you just started making podcasts with Laren Whitfield, who actually we've done in My Big Idea <laughs> with. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? Uh, Laren's my oldest, dearest friend. We've known each other since we were about eight. Oh. And we've always had this funny dialogue where we talk about music constantly, but not not kind of talking about music news we just talk about certain songs that we're listening to at the moment that make us feel a certain way or conjure up memories or something whatever so we started uh, doing that as a website called If Not For You where we'd invite people to um, basically just write a story about why they like a song and the podcast we're making is going to be basically that it's going to be me and Laren walking through Soho talking about one song each that has had a specific or particular um, I don't know like maybe it's made us feel a certain way recently and then the, the latter half of the podcast is us finding someone in Soho and asking them about a song. <laughs> so great. I, I mean, it's going to be quite silly, and I'm not sure anyone's going to listen to it, but it's fun to make. Podcasts are great to make. So fun to make. Yeah. Keeps our brains active. Yeah. <laughs> I think people age. are going to react really well to that. I hope so. They'll definitely be on board. Um, so before we get on to Rough Trade, um, can you please tell me about your Instagram account, Husband Material? Oh, this is Husband Material, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, it started as a bit of a private joke between me and a girl called Bryony. It's nice that whenever we saw a man who had a certain skill, uh, we'd be like, oh, husband material. So she found, that she found this guy online who had like, he was like an explorer and his trousers had sort of um, perished away. So he just like made a pair of new trousers on his trek out of like mud. And we were like, that is classic husband material. You know, like in a crisis, you can just step up. And then it kind of, you know, we'd meet these artists through It's Nice That who maybe were amazing at making furniture and they had a really nice smile, like husband material. <laughs> yes. So basically, the Instagram account is just a collection of extraordinary men who have a skill that they could offer you. Um, it's a funny one, because some people think it's really like anti-feminist to have this oh. as an Instagram account. But no. I just feel like it's almost like a joke, because it's like, if you're going to marry a man, at least like, what's he going to bring to you? What's he going to do to make your life easier? So a good example of that is... George Harrison is an excellent gardener. Okay. Um, uh, Peter Se- uh, Tom Selleck. Oh, yeah. Uh, from Three Men and a Little Lady, amongst other things. He actually lives on an avocado farm, so he oh. can you get free avocado for life. That's great. Uh, who else? Amazing stuff. You know, you, you just read about loads of famous, good-looking men and find out they've actually... <laughs> one of them is like... I can't remember who it was. Someone really sexy... Their dad was like, oh, David Beckham, his dad is a boiler technician. Perfect. So, like, whenever your boiler breaks, <laughs> you've got that, so. <laughs> Everyone, please follow it. It is amazing. <laughs> um, okay, so Rough Trade, um, it's a huge deal, right? Um, there was so much great stuff going on for its 40th anniversary. Um, what, there were, like, one-off gigs, panel talks, and I guess the magazine was sort of yeah. coming out of that. Um, yeah, I was brought in almost exactly a year ago to set up a magazine that would launch in March. We ended up launching in April, but it's part of this new... I guess my role as editor is to look after a bunch of new radio shows we're doing and start filming all the live shows oh, and cool. just making kind of film content, I guess, and making a monthly magazine that gets printed and sold in all the different stores. So it's kind of, yeah, it's to celebrate the 40th, but also it's just... I guess to kind of harness all the amazing stuff that happens in the stores because a lot of it goes unrecorded. We've got like an archive of stuff which is basically boxes full of posters and things and signed things from over the years. I mean, 40 years of bands coming into the shop and like doodling on something or having a chat. And I guess my job is to just start archiving that through the magazine, the podcast and the film. 
which is going well. But also the magazine is... There used to be something called The Fold, which is like a kind of fold-out poster thing that you'd get every month in the store for free, and it would tell you what the Rough Trade albums of the month were. Oh, cool. Just to kind of... Almost like a buying guide. Yeah. So the magazine still has that as the main feature. Like, it's the top ten albums of the month selected by the directors of Rough Trade. Okay. Um, and the features around that are just everything else. And you have staff picks and things like that as well, don't you? Which is like... Yes. I feel like the staff at Rough Trade are, like, so at the heart of what it's about and, like, the yeah. conversations that happen there. So that's, like, another really great aspect of it. Yeah, the staff are my biggest priority with the magazine because they know the most and they're so knowledgeable and they're so clever and cool and funny and they're all totally weird in their own different way (laughs) but you know to have those people there it makes the company just totally unique and amazing and if I can get the staff behind the magazine and also their voices in it then that's like the ultimate goal really and so what were like the first steps in bringing it to life it must have sort of been a bit daunting (laughs) given like the history and sort of the cultural like kudos that goes with the name Rough Trade oh yeah how did you sort of what were the first steps you took towards being able to put that into like printed format oh first I like shat myself for a full week (laughs) and then I didn't sleep for another week and then I began um I guess it was just spending a few weeks or months just talking to as many people as possible going to meet record labels and seeing how all that stuff works because I didn't know I mean I've been I've been involved in music forever but I don't know how all the ins and outs work and stuff and then you know getting to know the staff and understanding oh that guy's really into dance music that guy's really into electronic music that guy's into you know so and so so you can kind of know who to go to like I know who's really into country music so if I've got a country <laughs> music question I can go and you know what I mean yeah so it's kind of that was the first Proper step expertise and then looking at other music magazines and thinking what I didn't want Rough Trade to be like um, because there's no point in adding to a pile that is already so big. Yeah. There's so many music magazines and they all do incredible stuff, but, you know, a, a lot of them re- review very new music and we don't really do that. We talk mm. about our top ten albums of the month and say, aren't these great? But we don't kind of talk about albums. You know, we, we would never write a bad review or, mm-hmm. or try and be too wordy. It's yeah. a, Rough Trade magazine is way more just like a celebration of the world I guess the world of rough trade where actually all the bands are like best mates with each other yeah all the staff go out and get wasted all the time together and we're all best friends and it's all very nice yeah. I, mean, I kind of wanted the magazine to be to reflect that rather than trying to be like we are the authority. ultimate authority on what you need because you know people kind of already know that rough trade is a certain authority it doesn't need to be like rammed down everyone's throat yeah and I think the harnessing of the yeah conversations and relationships and like not only between the bands and between the audience and the band but between audience and the actual songs yeah right I think that's what really comes across on those pages and it just feels like you're chatting to your mate about your yeah, favourite music yeah that's exactly what I wanted I'm glad yeah. you said that I wanted the tone to be specifically pub chat yeah yeah it was great yeah. for that reason um <laughs> So you worked with designer Bruce Usher on the magazine. Um, how was he sort of brought in before you, or did you choose him? Or and, and kind of from there, how did you establish that aesthetic identity um, and kind of move forward that way? Bruce is a very old friend of mine because he, when I first was working at It's Nice That, he was one of the It's Nice That graduates. So I okay. met him through that, and we just sometimes meet up for beers and stuff, and I find him hilarious, and he's great. But he's an amazing designer. And when I first started working at Rough Trade... Um, we weren't really sure what was going to happen with the design at that point and it was getting quite close to going to print something. so I was like um, uh, someone help me out here so Bruce came into Rough Trade just to hang out and talk about his love life or whatever 
and I told him about the magazine and he was like I would love to help you on this so I spoke to my bosses and I was like look can Bruce just do one and see how we go mm-hmm. and then now he's done all eight because he's it's just amazing. he is just amazing and also he knows me really well so he he puts in things that he knows I like you know kind of like bubble lettering or stars or hearts I like loads of you know kind of funny like diary like entry yeah. almost yeah. so he understands what I'm trying to do like more than anyone else probably and I am totally in awe of him so it's a very good match but uh, in terms of how we came up with the look and feel we just we just wandered around Rough Trade together mm-hmm. he interviewed all the directors and things to get an idea of the history of it and then we sort of wandered around the shop and I took him into the customer toilets and locked the door because <laughs> the customer toilets are like covered in graffiti by staff and customers shouldn't shouldn't probably say staff (laughs) Um, and they are like super stinky and there's no mirror and it just I think is like the truest part of rough trade you don't get many places these days that are stinky and graffiti done like well it's like all gig venues used to be like that before they were taken over by like the O2 yeah exactly sort of like franchise like Carling Academy used to be covered in those things yeah and you just don't get it anymore and it's got this vibe and like this kind of this kind of casual, carefree, two fingers up. Yeah. And also, like, all the graffiti is, like, so many different voices and, like, different bands writing their band names on it. It's just, I wanted the magazine to feel like tons of different voices all being a little bit irreverent in this kind of stinky place. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, the look and feel of the magazine is, like, incredibly laid back, kind of scatty. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it's not stinky and gross, but it's, it's got that kind of... It's clean, don't worry, yeah, guys. Yeah, I think so. But every, every cover looks kind of markedly different, but also there is that common theme of sort of, like, tongue-in-cheek humour, a kind of collage effect, which I guess is the kind of influence of the, all those stickers. Yeah. Um, and it's a mixture of photography and illustration and that sort of thing but yeah yeah, you, we, yeah you can sort of see that it's rough trade when you look at each issue which is amazing I hope that's the case we made a rule that we would never put a band on the front cover okay because every other magazine music magazine we, we could find had a moody band photo on the cover in front of a brick wall or on train tracks <laughs> yeah that is or just the, kind of like <laughs> a, a really amazing portrait but just very moody yeah so to be honest, on issue six, we put Angel Olsen in a, in a big heart on the cover, yeah. amongst other stuff. There's also a guinea pig on the cover, so yeah. it doesn't really count. But it's Angel Olsen, so I was like, don't care. The rules are going out the window. Um, uh, yeah. Who is your dream musician um, or band or whoever um, that you would feature in the magazine, whether that's a cover or just like a little interview? I was thinking about this. Um, it's very difficult because I'm a bit of an old soul, so my first reaction was like Neil Young. Yeah. But that's like... That's very like mojo to say that. <laughs> it's not very, it's not very progressive. But um, you know what? What I, the, what I realise is that it's not about who you get to do something; it's what you get them to do. And a, a lot of the features in Rough Trade, I get bands to photograph their best friends, or I get them to like just I give them disposable cameras and they document their tour. Or sometimes, you know, I interviewed Daniel. No, Daniel Romano was in conversation with his best friend about the clothes that he wears. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we had? Like Whitney documented their tour. I got Tim Presley to do a comic. I think if you can get someone to do something that they want to do, and yeah. that's how I normally approach it, is go to bands being like, look, I'll give you eight pages, but what do you actually want to yeah, do in this? Out there. So I think my answer to the question would be something along the lines of, like, the Ramones... But like the Ramones would have to do something funny, like maybe like a night out with the Ramones, and you just like oh my God, give them some incredible. cameras and then just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe get like 
you know, Jeff Buckley to write a short story. You oh, know what I mean? Heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> or Joanna Newsom to draw a comic. Yeah. I don't know. Just, it's more about that than it is about who it yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, fingers crossed for Neil Young anyway, but I don't think it's going to happen. Ah, uh, fingers <laughs> crossed. Okay, um, what's been the biggest challenge so far? I mean, it's kind of a unique situation in that you've come into a magazine from the beginning of its founding, but it already had this sort of huge established name. Um, I can't think of another example where that has happened. No, it was incredibly terrifying. The, the biggest challenge was probably convincing the staff of Rough Trade that this was okay. And a lot of them have worked there for, what, like, like 20 years? And, like, for someone, just some, like, woman to come in and just be like, I'm going to make a magazine about your company. It just, I can, I can so imagine. That would drive me insane. So yeah. I was just, I guess, making sure that I was respecting what they would want and what the customers, the loyal customers would want. At the same time, making something that I really wanted to make, that was, like, super hard. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, the hard thing is I don't have a team. It's just, it's just me making it yeah. and Bruce. Yeah. So making a 64-page magazine every two weeks oh. alongside running the radio shows and making the films is, is hard. But And how do you work on it? Is it from home? Is there an office? Um, is it sort of... You try and give yourself rigid times, or is it literally any time that inspiration comes to you, they're, or when you can work? They're pretty with people? flexible about what, what, like where I work and stuff. But I tend to work in Rough Trade East on a mezzanine above the shop, so <laughs> which nice. is really fun because yeah. there's great music playing all day. You get to hang out with the staff. There's a cafe. They sell beer in there. It's pretty good. Also, you're in it, so it's like the environment you're working is what you are then going to be producing. Yeah, it's very so. important to be there. If I worked from home, it wouldn't work at all. Yeah. Because sometimes people just pop in. Now we've got the radio booth set up. It's way easier because we just grab someone and get them to have a quick chat. I made a feature called Shoplifting, which is just when bands or artists come in and they just pick... They've got like 10 minutes to pick five records from the shop floor. Oh, okay, yeah. And then just go and talk about them in the radio room with me or whoever yeah. wants to do it. A bit like Desert Island Discs, but... yeah. Physically there. (laughs) Not as good. (laughs) But different. But yeah, so it's like I have to be there in order to... Sometimes these things are so last minute. Yeah. Um, And I like working from there. When I was freelance before working at Rough Trade for like six months, I got so lonely. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Everyone goes on about how good it is. And like, yeah, you can like go to the supermarket at like the the less busy times of the day and you can get all your washing done all the time. But like colleagues are magical. And drop food down it and my housemates <laughs> come home like you haven't moved today and I just go into a spiral of shame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I just I love I love colleagues, I love the in jokes that you get with them and like the going to the pub and the chatting and the bitching and all that stuff. That's really important. Would you say that that's the greatest part then? The sort of working as part of this like incredible team who are so knowledgeable? Yeah, definitely. Working there is the best bit and hanging out with everyone. And like there's a band playing almost every night in Rough Trade, like where I work. It's really pretty dreamy. And making the magazine. and, And also when staff do interview a band or they write a piece for the magazine, like seeing seeing their name in print if they haven't been they've never written anything before Mm. like that for me is like super cool that I'm kind of allowing or forcing (laughs) rough trade staff into being published writers (laughs) I guess there have been times when we've run out of budget and we're going to print the next day and we haven't got a cover Mm -hmm. and Bruce is like (laughs) going crazy (laughs) and and then we just like issue seven 
we didn't have a cover the day before, so I, I just went into the. We, we get bands to write the horoscope every month. Yeah. So this horoscope and issue seven. That bit. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Really good, isn't it? They're quite true as well, <laughs> uh, even though it's complete bullshit. Um, Sunflower Bean did the horoscope, uh-huh. and I just looked at what the month was, and it was Libra for September, I think, September? October. And so I just got a quote from their Libra horoscope, which is, don't let any self-pitying tendencies keep you down this month, and it's just so put it great. against one of the photos from the magazine. We just made the cover ourselves, and I think that that's happened a few times now, where we just, if we take matters into our own hands, we just have fun with it and make something kind of cool yeah of it's amazing when I got this copy <laughs> um, me and my friend were saying it's really annoying that it's this small because we want to frame it and have it as a poster yeah it's cool so isn't it? yeah that's you got Bruce to thank for that yeah. he really is amazing or sometimes I just if I can't find a photographer I'll go and like photograph stuff myself that's always quite fun doing that kind of thing it's, it's always like you never know what's going to happen with with this magazine <laughs> it's always like yeah, you, you never like. So for instance, if I do send a band money for some cameras, and I'm like, look, can you just document your tour um, for the next few weeks, and then get the photos developed and send them back to me? Like, what would you think were the odds of a band who yeah. were like 18, 19 on tour actually doing that? And yeah. I'm always surprised when, like, yeah. four days before we go to print, I get a wee transfer file, and they're like, here you are, Aww. and they're amazing. Like, it's always so last minute and so. Like on, it's just hanging by a thread constantly. So I guess it sounds stressful, but also like unbelievably rewarding when it comes into your hands after, yeah. off, like fresh off the print. But also run. that can make it. There's, there have been mistakes in this magazine. I, I, I could definitely blame workload and lack of a team, or, and a, but actually it always just comes back down to me being shit. I mean, like in the Brexit week, I was really distracted by Brexit. <laughs> And I just made... There were so many mistakes in that magazine. I think that's completely fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> Mark Ronson's name came out as Mark Robson. And he's, like, a really, like, treasured customer no. of the shop. So I got in trouble for that. Sorry, Mark, if you're listening, which you're definitely <laughs> listening. Um, but, you know, that's... that's Of course it's Mark Ronson, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not... Yeah. I know it's not Robson, I'm not there an idiot. There is no Mark Robson. But it makes me look like a bit of a shitbag. And there is the biggest mistake I've ever done in the latest issue, so... Maybe it'll become a collector's item one day, I don't know, but mortifying, absolutely mortifying. Um, What do you think the best piece of advice you've been given by someone um, about working in publishing or founding magazines or writing? It's a really hard question. I don't think anyone's ever... Well, my old editor-in-chief, Rob Alderson, it's nice that he would, like, do this thing when we were working at It's Nice That called Journal School, where he would, like, teach us how to be journalists, because obviously none of us were trained, so we didn't yeah. know what we were doing. And he was like, this is libel. This is slander. <laughs> um, he told me that... I was confiding in him in saying that um, when I interview someone, my first reaction or my, f- my priority is to make friends with them. Yeah. And he was like, mate... <laughs> you are nothing like as as an editor or as a journalist you like you should be invisible don't try and make friends like they don't care who you are just get what you need and get out of there and it was really good advice but then actually what made it the best advice was how I worked out in my own way that that I didn't agree with that yeah and it taught me that that actually that doesn't have to be the way and so now with rough trade every band that's in the magazine normally I've got a pretty good relationship with or the staff do or whatever and I think that's really important to remember that just because you're making something you're not you're not just like catering to or like 
bending over for everyone. You're not just being this vehicle. Like mm. you can have part of this. You can be part of the conversation as well. And I think that's super important. I think that was incredibly rambly. So I might just no, that was great. And I guess it's like you're not just a voice recorder. You're not there to write down what they say and sort of regurgitate it. No, the relationship thing does bring out a sort of special quality. And totally. And that's where you can kind of, you know, if you do show yourself to be a, a good interviewer or you show yourself to be kind or I once brought Miranda July like an orange as a present <laughs> <laughs> and she was amazing. like she was like why have you and I was like oh uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> put it back in my bag so you know sometimes they don't want gifts <laughs> but but you know if you can Fruit make offerings. if you can make a relationship with someone like that then you know next time there's a magazine where you know, you need someone to interview someone, you might think, actually, that person would be great for that, and then you yeah. get back in contact, and they might be more likely to help you, and then you just build up this amazing network of cool people who understand what you're trying to do, yeah. and you really like them, and that's that's the most important thing. And I think that's really reflected in Rough Trade again, because it, it feels like a little community, and that will only be based on good relationships. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, community vibe. That's, that's how it should be. And I think, um, yeah, I think just trying to make this... As I kind of mentioned before, just trying to make it as as different to as many other music magazines as possible. And I think the role I've been given, which is basically to just make this magazine... I'm I'm not an independent publisher. I don't make my own magazine. I don't save up. But I don't know what Danielle Pender does, where yeah. she completely funds it and does it herself. Like, I'm not trying to pretend that I'm... We're not even an independent magazine. It's a shop's magazine. Yeah. But being given the freedom to have a blank canvas for that was so good. And not many people have that opportunity so you know how some magazines have to maybe do sponsored content or fill quotas uh, and yeah there's none of that so me and Bruce are really taking on that freedom Free and rain. doing what we want because <laughs> we're never going to get this opportunity again <laughs> um, do you think your piece of advice would be the relationship thing or what would you tell people looking at you and thinking she has got a dream job how do I get there I think well I, I do a lot of lecturing with students um, about making magazines and a lot of them ask that because you know a lot of them are really into music they're like oh my god how do I do this mm-hmm. and you know getting this role is pretty rare like there's not that's not going to happen very often but what I would say is that there, there is almost no excuse to not publish if you want to do this kind of stuff because you can email any label yeah. and ask to interview an artist when they're next in town you can even Facebook a band and they'll get back to you pretty much straight away you can buy a podcast mic and an iRig to plug into your phone for I think 130 quid in total you can make zines for no money you can start a blog for free you can do anything I mean like I, I, I just I think there's there's no excuse just to start something and anyone can take photos anyone can interview anyone mm. you don't have to be trained in anything you don't have to have tried it before I just think if you can give yourself those tools like a podcast recorder or a podcast recorder or like a microphone yeah. or just get some friends together who are into the same stuff like it's so easy and you're going to find photographer friends illustrator friends just commission stuff yeah. and people don't expect to be paid thousands of pounds you can do it for free and that's where the best stuff comes from mm-hmm. so yeah I think yeah I just think there's no excuse <laughs> <laughs> The tools are out there. You just mm. got to have excitement for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Everyone's into something. Yeah. And if you can carve a life for yourself where you're doing like the thing that makes you most excited, which I somehow have managed to do, like <laughs> magazines <laughs> and music are my two like biggest passions in life, and I somehow landed this job, which is Dream. amazing. But doesn't mean that you can't do that. But yeah, just think about what makes you most excited. If that's photography, or if that's music, or you know anything like food just 
just talk about it and talk to other people about it everyone loves talking about shit so you know and also the best thing to remember if you want to start a magazine is that everyone loves talking about themselves yeah. like I'm doing right now so you can interview anyone and they'll be like yes of course I'd be you know it's super easy how kind of you um, well Liv thank you so much for coming in and talking to me That's everyone check out, check out Rough Trade magazine um, you can get it from all of the stores yep all yeah. of the stores um, New York Nottingham two in London and if you spend 15 pounds or over in the store you get one free yeah had to put that bit in at the end didn't <laughs> the sales pitch um, thank you so much um, sorry for rambling thank you very much that was Liv's big idea Tune in next week for more stories from incredible women and check out These Four Walls, our podcast from ASOS magazine. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Thanks. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.